Thank you for listening to the Coal Mind Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and this week I join you in celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday. Besides eating turkey, I'm taking a look at the historical and legal foundation for Thanksgiving along with all of our other national holidays. The way we define our nation's holidays has some interesting lessons to teach us about our history, the structure of our government, and the U.S. as a society, including the power of the bureaucracy, the power of retail, especially during the holiday time of year, and the power of tradition to shape our law and our society. We've all known since childhood that the U.S. has national holidays, Christmas, New Year's Day, and so forth. But where do they come from? How exactly did we, as a society with a representative government of limited powers, decide what days the entire country will honor and celebrate as national holidays? We can start by looking to the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 lists the powers that the people have delegated to the federal government, and they include many important matters, such as the power to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and fix the standard of weights and measures, but nothing about holidays. Neither is there guidance in Article 2, which defines the office of the president. Again, there are some important powers. The president is commander-in-chief of the Army and Navy of the United States, but again, nothing about holidays. Nothing else is much help either. Article 3, which sets up the federal courts, has nothing to offer. Establishing a holiday is plainly not a case or controversy. And the broad general provisions later in the Constitution talk about a number of important structural issues, such as admitting a new state, but again, nothing about holidays. With the Constitution silent, we can turn to the U.S. Code, the set of laws that Congress has enacted over many, many years. And with a few quick searches, we can find the answer in 5 United States Code, Section 6103, titled simply, Holidays. Section A says, straightforwardly, that the following are legal public holidays, and it lists 12 holidays in order from January through December. And Section B of 5 U.S.C. 6103 gives us a clue about the bigger picture as it starts, For the purpose of statutes relating to pay and leave of employees with respect to a legal public holiday and any other day declared to be a holiday by federal statute or executive order, the following rules apply. This reference to pay and leave of employees places this law in the broader context. The footnotes to Section 6103 tell us that when it was first enacted into law in 1870, Congress granted paid time off to federal workers in the District of Columbia. There were four holidays then, New Year's, Independence Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Christmas. The history of the statute goes on to show that throughout the late 19th century, every few years, this statute was expanded to include other holidays and eventually all federal employees, not just those who were based in the District of Columbia. The statute does not bind private employers or even the states. Obviously, creating a holiday for federal employees has an effect on everyone if the mail is shut down and no federal agency is doing business with anyone. And creating a national holiday obviously leads by example. It sends a signal to other decision makers across the country that something important is being celebrated and discussed. But legally, At the end of the day, the official declaration of a national holiday is a fairly dry matter about the administration of the federal workforce when they get certain days off with pay. Having found the official list of holidays in the U.S. Code and placed it in a little bit of context, more questions naturally follow. First, why the late 19th century? 
Part of the answer is simply that the Civil War had come to an end and the nation could now turn to other matters besides warfare. But the many laws about national holidays for the federal workforce were not passed in isolation. One of the most important, maybe even the most important, statute enacted by Congress in the late 19th century was the Pendleton Civil Service Reform Act, signed into law by President Chester A. Arthur in 1883. That law brought an end to what had been called the spoils system, where the new administration would come in and replace personnel throughout the federal government with politically loyal people who weren't necessarily that well-suited for their jobs. The law began the process of replacing that system with a professional, apolitical structure and establishing national holidays that gave those workers certain defined days off with certain benefits was part of the way that after the Civil War, the U.S. federal government began to grow up and turn into what we now know as the modern administrative state. In other words, this statute about national holidays was part of a series of statutes that reflects the growing power and influence of the federal bureaucracy as the nation grew and the economy expanded by leaps and bounds along with that. Second, why late November? The answers here involve an interesting combination of something very modern, the power of retail in our modern consumer-driven economy, and the power of tradition, something timeless that goes back long before there was a United States. Thanksgiving is a harvest celebration, and as such, it's part of a tradition stretching back for thousands of years for as long as human beings have engaged in agriculture and thus tied the schedule of their lives and their society to the growing season. European settlers brought that tradition with them, most famously in New England in the early 1600s, but in several other examples have been documented by the Spaniards as well in the southern part of the U.S. Over time, the traditional American celebration came to be called Thanksgiving, and it first entered American civil life with a declaration by President Washington asking that people celebrate it in late November. I'm not changing what I said earlier about the source of the national holiday in a federal statute, by the way. President Washington, in making this proclamation, was engaging in the long tradition of our presidents of giving speeches and making proclamations that don't have particular legal effect, trying to lead by example. In other words, the harvest holiday existed before European settlers came to the U.S. It would probably have existed without the U.S. It picked up the name Thanksgiving as a matter of custom and began to be noticed by the government as the new United States took shape after the ratification of the Constitution. But after that, the holiday as such sort of labored in obscurity. People continued to harvest. They had their harvest celebrations. From time to time, there would be a declaration of some sort about the holiday, but it was really just another day on the calendar for many people in the country. President Lincoln rediscovered it at the end of the Civil War, made another proclamation, and from there, things became more concrete, leading to the enactment of the statute we were just talking about. This history shows how our modern government absorbed and repurposed a pretty much timeless tradition of the harvest, but it doesn't explain this specific weekend. For this, we can turn for a little color to the second Franklin Roosevelt administration. For some time, as a matter of tradition, we had settled on a particular Thursday in November to celebrate Thanksgiving, and what do you know, in 1939, a five-Thursday November rolled around. This gave some business leaders of the time the chance to petition the national government to move the Thanksgiving holiday up a week so people would have more time to shop for Christmas, the, what we know today is the concept of Black Friday. 
President Roosevelt agreed to give it a try. He was all for stimulating the economy, which was still in the throes of the Depression. This produced backlash, though, because a lot of people felt he was giving in to the interests of large retailers and simply enhancing their profit margins. There was some back and forth and further discussion about this, and the ultimate day was settled on by Congress with an amendment to the law we were just talking about in December 26th. 1941, the date that President Roosevelt signed that, that act into law. In other words, even as the nation was actively mobilizing for war after the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th of 1941, settling the date for Thanksgiving was still top-line business of the country. This shows vividly how important the symbolism of these holidays is, even if their legal foundation is a somewhat mundane regulation about vacation dates for federal workers. Sometimes the law is only part of the picture about what makes up the United States government. Today on Coal Mind, we celebrated Thanksgiving and took a look at the legal underpinnings for it and all our national holidays in the United States. From that review, we gained some insights about the power of bureaucracy in the modern administrative state, power of retail to influence policymaking about business, and, relatedly, the great influence of tradition and custom, particularly long-standing ones in shaping our society, both independently of the law and by becoming a part of it. Special thanks to the Congressional Research Service for its report titled Federal Holidays, Evolution, and Current Practices, number R4198, originally published May of 2014, republished recently in July 1st of 2021, which has an exhaustive history of all the changes in the relevant law. For upcoming episodes, I expect to continue having interviews with other notable voices from around Texas and the country, focusing on topics about the proceedings going on about the new Texas abortion statute, the efforts to regulate Facebook and Google and other online service providers with respect to the speech engaged in on their platforms, and the new laws in Texas about the voting process that will be in effect for the 2022 election. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of the main directories, and if you like it, I encourage you to join other happy listeners and leave a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon. Mm-hmm.